Welcome to We're Talking Bears, where Uncle and Nephew give you a breakdown of the latest Bears experience. I'm Uncle. And I'm Nephew. And we're Talking Bears. Week 11, Bi-Week Podcast, with special guest Sam Acho. Standing at 6'3", 260 pounds, left outside linebacker Sam Acho was a member of one of the most successful Bears teams in recent memory. Sam played his college football for the Texas Longhorns, where he was voted team MVP in 2010. In addition, he was named the 2010 Big 12 Male Sports Person of the Year. In the 2011 NFL Draft, he was selected in the fourth round by the Arizona Cardinals. Sam spent four years with the Cardinals as a starting left outside linebacker before thrilling Bears fans as a starter and a major contributor from 2015 to 2018. Sam started at left outside linebacker during the 2015, 16, and 17 seasons. In 2018, the Bears spent two first-round picks, a third-rounder and a sixth-rounder, to acquire left outside linebacker Khalil Mack. This delegated Sam to a supporting role. Sadly, in week four of 2018, Sam suffered a season-ending pectoral injury. He returned to the field in 2019 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and played eight games. He compiled 18 sacks, 45 QB hits, three forced fumbles, and three picks over his nine-year career. Let's go in the huddle. Welcome, Welcome Sam Acho, to We're, We're Talking, Talking Bears. Bears. First and foremost, Sam, thank you. Thank you for joining us. I know you're a busy man. Uh, thank you for being here with us on We're Talking Bears. We're excited to have you as uh, you're our uh, first celebrity guest. So thanks for being here with us. No, I'm excited, man. And it's funny. We were, people don't know. We were supposed to record this podcast about 15 or 30 minutes ago, really. And I got a last-minute call. Some people don't know. I'm on the executive committee of the NFL Players Association. So one of the vice presidents. We just had a call, uh, an emergency call, really, about all the COVID stuff going on and, uh, and games getting canceled and what's going to happen with the playoffs and bubbles and all the things. And so um, this is like breaking, you know, breaking news with you guys. I'm right. excited to be on. All right, super. Well, we're excited to have you. Absolutely. Uh, let's dive right in then. Sam, in college, you were honored with the William V. Campbell Trophy given annually to college football's top scholar athletes, as well as the Warfel Trophy, college football's premier award for outstanding community service. In 2016 and 17, you were the Bears nominee for Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award, which is the NFL's only award that recognizes both civic and professional contributions. Sam. Thank you for setting an example of good works everywhere you go. Sam, tell us, what's your why? Hmm. Um, well, that's easy. I think my why, I think one is, like, God gave me gifts and abilities and passions and desires, and I want to share them with the world. I think about a goal I had a while ago, and it was, man, I want, I want you know, hundreds of millions of people to come to know Christ through me or through others, right? Whether that's through the book I just wrote, Let the World See You. Um, it's available. It, actually, I found out today it's at every single Target store. So anybody who, who listens, go to Target, go get the book, like through that book, through me playing football, through me being on TV, through doing stuff in the community, through um, even academics, right? Like God gave me a desire to want to learn and to study and, uh, you know, this kind of like fire to really like want to dig into things. Um, and I want to honor God with my gifts. You know, I want to honor him with the gifts that he gave me. Well, brother, you are working hard Absolutely. and doing a fantastic job and setting an example. So we, we believe you, you are doing it. Absolutely. And, and actually, Sam, I'm at, I've actually got a chance to check the book out. Um, I'm at like some, I'm at like chapter four so far, and I, I actually like it. Um, as soon as I as soon as I 
saw the title, Let the World See You and How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes, it it, it spoke to me instantly uh, because that's that's actually something that I believe in uh, 100%. But the question I wanted to ask is uh, for you to tell us the message, uh, the message that you wanted to share with the world uh, with your book. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad your four chapters in. I'd love to talk to you, you know, maybe offline to chop it up about some Absolutely. of the, your, the things you like about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, but but yeah, I think the biggest message is like you, a lot of people, or at least put it this way, like me, a lot of people, not necessarily without we don't know who we are, but we are afraid to show the world who we really are, whether it's some of the things that we like or don't like, whether it's some of our uh, quirks or our passions, our desires. We don't want to show people, or maybe sometimes it's because of some shame that we have or fear. We don't want to show the world who we are. And so this, and I was the same way. I didn't want people to know that I loved learning. I didn't want people to know that I won the academic Heisman Trophy. I didn't even want my right. teammates to know that I was going to get my MBA. I got my MBA from the number one international business school in the world while I was playing football. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want wow. people to know that I was smart. I didn't want people to know that I, I mean, yeah, I wanted them to know I was a Christian in the NFL, but I didn't know how to navigate that thing. It was hard. It was difficult. And I realized that that pretending that I would do, the hiding, the putting on the, like the figurative mask, it, it wasn't right. healthy. It wasn't healthy. And I want, I want, I realized that when I le started letting people see the real me, not only did I ex experience freedom, but the people around me experienced freedom as well. And the real me is, is the academic in some senses. It's the emotional dude in some senses, right? It's the fiery competitor in some senses. All of that is me. And we all are created in the image of God. So we all have different facets to us. We're not all, you know, just one way. We all have these different kind of, you know, we're, we're all different. Um, and I want, I just, I just saw the benefit that happened when I started letting people see me and I want that same benefit and freedom. I want everyone to experience that freedom that I experienced. So that's why I wrote the book. That's awesome. What caused you, what was that change that allowed you to open up and show who you were? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll never forget it. It was, uh, July of 2018, a couple weeks, not even a couple weeks, one week before training camp. I just signed a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract with the Bears. I was going to be the starter after seven years of just grinding and trying to, you know, trying to make it. Mind you, I started early on in my career in Arizona playing with the Cardinals. I had a broken leg, gruesome injury. I tried to recover from that. I came back with the Bears. I finally got my starting spot. And I signed the contract that everybody had hoped for and all the dreams, all the things. But on the inside, I was struggling. Mm. I was struggling. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I'd been pretending. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Like. I wasn't the 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 husband that God had called me to be. I wasn't being the father God had called me to be. I was being a, a, a fake. I was pretending. And I was a week before training camp sitting down with a friend and 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 um sitting down with a friend and long story short, I'm saying, Man, I just need to I just need to get back to football. I just need to get back to football because I know all the stuff on the out on at home isn't going great, family. But once I get back to football, everything will be okay. And he he looked at me and he said, because he, he saw my marriage wasn't was struggling, everything. He said, he said, Sam, if that's how you feel right now, like you just need to get back to football. He said, I'm afraid of what happens when you retire, like when football ends for you. Right. I'm actually wow. concerned. Wow. And and as he's sharing this and as I'm talking, and I begin to cry, I'm like in tears, you know. Uh and as I'm crying, never and this guy had never seen me cry. Never he always seen the million dollar smile and got it all together. Never seen me cry. And as soon as I uh, as I'm crying, he looks at me and he says, Oh by oh by the way, Sam. He said two things. He said one, after I shared this, he says, Maybe God's writing a book in your life. 
and you may only be on chapter two is what he mm. said, right? Mm. And then he says that, and then he says, oh, by the way, Sam, it's nice to see you. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's nice to see you. And I'm like, see, wow, right? The power is nice to see. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I just told you the worst things about me, and I'm crying like a little kid. Like, what do you mean? It's nice to see you. He said, it's good to see you. Wow. It's nice to see you. It's good to know that you're human. Wow. Yeah. Right. Wow. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's meant to carry all the weight you carry. It's good to see you. And so he, he recommended I talk to a, a counselor, a therapist, and I did. And so the very next week, the day we were supposed to report to training camp, that morning I was in the therapist's office. Right. And uh, I figured I would go in and, you know, I, I literally like never, you know, never in my life thought that would be what I would be doing the morning of training camp. Right. And, you know, I figured I'll kind of get in and say, hey, this is me. Let's get it figured out. Let me move on. Um, confess whatever I need to confess. Like, I don't know what I do. You know, let me just talk. Right. And, and he, before we even start, he says, Sam, I got a quick question for you. He says, what do you do when you get angry? Mm, right. And I, and I look at him and I say, well, I, I just, I just try not to get angry. And he says, Sam, I'll ask you again. What do you do when you get angry? Mm. Right. I responded again. I said, I try not to get angry. Right. He didn't let and you get away with me, that. Not at all. He looked at me again. He looked at me again, Brad. He said, everybody gets angry. Right. So, Sam, what do you do when you get angry? And I began to cry. Right. I began to cry. See, what he didn't know, maybe he did know, is that I'd been pretend I would hide I would carry all these emotions I wouldn't want people to see me right. angry or confused or upset or scared and he wouldn't let me get away with it and as I'm in my tears once again as I'm crying right now for the second time um, he looks at me and he says it's nice to see you wow That's, wow wow and so you talk about the tipping off point the breaking point the way the how this book was birthed it was really birthed out of pain it was birthed out of fear birthed out of what I thought would be uh, the me that people didn't want. But lo and behold, I realized that, um, yes, like there can be fear and a little bit of, you know, insecurity. Um, but man, like, there's a song that says, he saw the best in me when everyone else around could only see the worst in me. Man, God sees the best in us, right. even when everyone else around sees the worst in us. And even when we see the worst in ourselves, right? Right. And I think that's what I'm learning that um, that it's okay not to be okay, Absolutely. brother. That's that is fantastic. I'm gonna what a friend, what a friend. I'm gonna I'm gonna hail back something uh, probably very few people, not even my nephew, may not even know this, but um, my grandfather. I found out when I turned 50, my grandfather was a member of the Decatur Staley's, I'm sure you know that name, yep. the Decatur Staley's. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I bring him up because his sentence was that I remember, um, if you have two people in your life when you pass that you can say for your life they were good friends, you're a lucky person. And it looks like you found one of those people, man. Looks like you found no, one it's of funny. those people. It's funny, Brad, you're right, because going throughout that whole thing i'm like where are my friends like i felt like i didn't have i felt like i didn't have any friends right all oh, you play in the nfl got all these teammates and family yeah. and but i feel like i felt like i didn't have any friends and and i had a good friend i found a good friend um 
you know, and there's a song, right? What a friend we have in Jesus, right? Like anyone who feels like I don't have any friends, like, man, you got a friend in Jesus, but I found another good friend um, who was there for me, who was willing to, to, to uh, see me in my pain and my fear and my shame and my doubt and who was there for me. And, I, and that was really important. I actually found another really two or three friends, developed some other friendships to, for people who could just who could see me, right? I said, I got to do this life thing. I can't do it alone. I need to do it with people. And I allowed people to see me. And I realized that once they saw me, they loved me. Absolutely. There we go. I mean, we need, we can't walk this walk alone. We can't. And we sure truly appreciate you for being so open with us and just opening up and being deeply honest. We see you, brother. For sure. We see and you. I like, and I like the book. Like I said, I'm four chapters in. I'm going to continue to check it out, man. But I definitely... Uh, gotta, gotta commend you. Gotta commend you for keeping it real. Yeah, we we do mm, appreciate no, that. Hey, we we have to do our fans justice and, and talk some football with got you. To, you know, now that we got beer. deep, let me let me let me, yeah. let me let me take you back to 2015 when you came over to Chicago. You know, that's we only care about Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> what sticks in your mind about playing for head coach John Fox and defensive coordinator Vic Fangio? Ooh. You're asking for one or for both. Who are you, you, you for? could you could do either or or both. What sticks in my mind about Vic specifically? See, I just come from playing under defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, okay. and Todd Bowles is a genius, as we all know. He's a defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He actually had an opportunity to be the head coach for the Bears a few years ago before he went to New York, and he actually turned it down because at that time, in his opinion, they didn't have a quarterback. Right? It was you know. I think Jay was a quarterback at the time. Um, and so anybody who knows Coach Bowles knows he loves to blitz, loves to bring pressure, right? And, and, and the, our defense was a top defense. So I was came from this defense where we blitz, 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 and we were successful and dominating and balling. And I go and I sit with Vic, and I'm trying to learn about his defense. And and he, he's one of the he, – he brings the least amount of pressure in the probably bottom half, bottom third of the NFL. And I'm like, hey, Vic, why do you – why don't we blitz more? Why don't we blitz more, right? In Arizona, right. I used to blitz all the time. We used to make right. all these plays and TFLs, da, da, da. And he said, yeah, because yo, yo, mind you, he was in, I was in Arizona. He was in San Francisco, so we okay. played each other twice a year. He said, he said yeah, y'all did blitz a lot, but you also gave up a lot of big plays. Mm. And I mm. stopped, I thought about it. I was like, oh, you're right. And so mm. what that conversation taught me was about Vic's character. So the way we ran our defense in Chicago, no, we didn't blitz a ton. We didn't bring a, we didn't bring five and six man pressures. But we brought we we brought four man pressures, but uh, uh, they were disguised, right? So we we ran a play called um, whip, right? Weak side inside, uh, W's for weak, the I's for inside, a weak side inside linebacker pressure. And so you'd have one defensive end dropping and a weak side uh, 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 linebacker blitzing, right? So it was a four man and a nickel front. So it was a four man pressure. But that inside linebacker would usually be one-on-one -on, -one on the back. So you had to have inside linebackers that could beat backs one-on-one. -on -one, right. 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 So you could still have your coverage, still have seven in coverage, but still get pressure. And it, it was successful. We also ran a play matching off of that called slug, right? A strong side pressure. Now, instead of it being the strong side linebacker, we're oftentimes we're in this play in nickel. So it was, this, it was the, 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 uh, in the nickel, the nickel backer, right? Bryce Callahan running this pressure. I mean, he sacked, uh, what's the name? Uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On that play, right? Oh, and yeah. And so what I learned specifically was that 
You can run defense a bunch of different ways, but it needs to be run based off of your personality. Vic's personality is a little bit reserved in some ways. Also, he's a genius as well, but also he, his personality is, I'm not going to, he's not going to show his cards. You know right. what I mean? So I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in single high too often. You're not gonna, excuse me. We're not going to be in really, uh, you're not going to bring too many zero pressures. You know right. what I mean, we may be in single high, but we're going to disguise it like it's too high. Right. Whereas with uh, Coach Bowles, he was like, man, I'm, I'm coming. See if you can stop me. Right. <laughs> got it. Got awesome. It. Oh, Sam, I got a question. We're, we're five and five, started off five and one, dropped four in a row, uh, won a bye week, uh, about to face the Packers. What's the conversation uh, in the locker room uh, from your experience? What, you know, what are the guys talking about you know, in the locker room right now? Yeah, from my experience, it's it's all about the division right now. Right. Like the only way you can turn this thing around is to remind yourselves that four out of the next six games are division games. You're second in the division. You're five and five. The Packers are seven and what? Maybe seven and three right seven now. They just three, lost. Right. Yep. So um, the division is wide open, right? You're two games back. You play the Packers twice. Right. So the only time, of course, media would love to say, well, you know, we're out of it. We have no shot. But if you can win the division, if you can find a way to beat Green Bay, right, then you go and you play Houston. Houston is three and seven, right? right. Beat Houston, right? And you come back, you got Minnesota and Detroit. Find a way to beat them or beat one of those two, right? And then all of a sudden, now you got Jacksonville. Jacksonville's one and seven right now. Beat Jacksonville. Then you finish up in Green Bay. You'll have a chance. You'll have a chance to make to 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 win the division and make the playoffs. Right now, if you now, but even if you don't win the division, you start winning all those games, you still have a chance for the wall card. There's a seventh playoff team this year in each conference. And so the, what the conversation needs to be, that needs to be the conversation. Every team in the NFC uh, North lost. Our Bears won our bye week. All the other teams lost this weekend. Right. So that's the best thing you could have hoped for um, on your bye week. So what you need to do is you need to find a way to, to get it together. Of course, people are angry and upset. The defense is probably not happy. The offensive guys probably aren't happy. Special teams is for everyone's frustrated. No one's happy right now. Um, but if you could find a way to just win to beat Green Bay, um, you're what are you six and five? Green Bay seven and four. You're one game back from the division lead, and you lost four in a row. What more could you ask for? Yeah, I, I, I believe it. I feel you. I feel you. I think that's awesome. Hey, so look into that. Take us inside the trenches, as as a as as a from the perspective of a pass rusher. How the heck can the O-line improve this season? How could they improve over this bye week? What can they do? Yeah, well, it's tough. They had a coach, um, and his name is slipping my mind right now, Harry Heinstein. He was at Notre Dame, and he came to Chicago, and he's not at Chicago anymore from what I understand. Or he, not from what I understand. He's not there anymore. So they have a new O-line coach this year, which has been proven to be tough. Yes, his O-line coach was coaching back in the day with uh, I believe Olin Cruz, some of those guys might be off on my time frame. Um, but it's tough, man. I'm a defensive lineman, so I love seeing weak offensive lines. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't love trying to figure out how to have them get better, right? I played with Bobby Massey. Of course, he's in, he's, he has an injury. Um, Charles Leno, I think, is a really good left tackle. Um, Cody Whitehairs had some injuries and kind of moved positions. Rashad, 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 Rashad Coward is a um, – converted defensive lineman who's super aggressive he could you know treat him like jr sweezy when he remember sweezy used to be with seattle switched the positions right so um and then i think they got a i think his name is alex bars um yep. you know the other guard position and must have first time so yep. there suffice it to say there are a lot of new faces that are trying to gel together 
Um, and also you got some backups in there, right? right. Like Rashad wasn't starting the season um, right. uh, this year. And uh, whoever left uh, – now that Bobby Massey is hurt, I mean, they've almost had a swinging gate at left tackle, right, with different right. guys getting COVID. So um, I mean, that's not an excuse. Like you got to get better. But if your O-line's not good, it don't matter who you got at quarterback. You got no shot. Or running back, really. No matter who you got anywhere. <laughs> unless, you, right. unless you just get the ball out quick. That's what Tom Brady used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's going to be our key, get the ball out quick. Um, and, and hopefully hopefully we can get something accomplished. Um, hey, you know what? We've, we've spent a little bit discussing the concerns. In what areas has this team improved through the year's campaign? Hmm, that's a really good question. No one asked that question, Brad. I appreciate that question. You're welcome. Um, I think the Bears have imp- man. You might have stumped me. You really might have stumped me because defensively, I think the defense has been consistent. So I wouldn't say they've improved. I think they've been consistent. Um, offensively, offensive line has never improved. Receivers have some ups and downs. Inconsistent. Running back, obviously, Tariq going down. David Montgomery going down. Inconsistent. Quarterback play, switching quarterbacks, guys getting injured. Inconsistent. Um, special teams. Special teams improved. They've been consistently good. So I think that means – I think I don't think uh, – I think the kickers hasn't missed one yet, right? He's uh, on a long streak of hitting him. Yeah, um, Cairo. Yeah, Cairo. I play with Cairo. Cairo hasn't missed one yet, so been consistent. But that's that's the question. Where have we improved? You know, third quarter haven't improved in the third quarter. Fourth quarter haven't improved. Um, that, my friend, is the question. I don't. I don't have an answer. I, I, I'm glad I was able to stump you, man. I feel smart for a minute because I know you're a really smart guy. You know? I know, and I usually have great answers and stuff. But I, I'm a, while you were no stumped, I'm going to throw out what I, what, what I think maybe is my answer, and you tell me what, what, I, what you think. I, I think at times over the last two campaigns, 19 and 20, there have been moments where the defense looked like they were going to give up because the offense wasn't producing. You know, and then the mm-hmm. offense kicks it in gear, and all of a sudden the defense becomes unbeatable. Right. You know, and, and I'm going to say that uh, uh, I would say that the defense feels more consistent. It feels more consistent. That's a good point. And you're, you know, over, I would say that over the year, because there have been times in years past where the defense would start giving up if the offense wasn't playing well or yeah, fracturing in a lot of ways. But you're right. This, this year specifically, they've been um, they've they've kept their head up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's it. So hey, we we want you to get uh, your book pubbed up. Right. So we want uh, everybody to go to www.samachobook.com. That's S A M A C H O B O O K. Samachobook.com for, for more, more information. information. On Sam's book, and please go to Amazon or wherever you get your books from, and and buy it today. This is an important message, um, and it and it needs to be shared with more people, um, in a world that surely surely needs the message that you're that you're pushing. 
Hey, man, no, I appreciate that, and thank you. Even like I said, you read the first couple of chapters. That means a ton. Oh, I like you, it. Even that you're that I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like I love it. That. I, I love like that. it. Yep, yep. And then, hey, uh, where where can uh, people reach you on social media and the like? Yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to me on social media, it's at the Samacho T H T H E S A M A C H O. Um, but like I said, man, go to Target. The book's at every, any single Target store. Go to Target, get the book. I'm actually going to a couple different Targets, uh, specifically now here in Chicago, and just signing books. So you might see a surprise, this autographed book, a book if you go and check it out. But yeah, go to Target, go to Amazon, anywhere you get your books. And I'm so grateful for y'all, man. I appreciate it. Man, That's all right. And um, let, let's, uh, let's roll. I'm Uncle. And I'm Nephew. It's your turn, Sam. Oh, and I'm saying, my bad. I didn't know I was part of the family. Yeah, you're part of the family. I thought I was just like, come get get a meal for Thanksgiving and come eat and leave. I didn't know I could take a plate with me and, you know, bring a a dish. I'm saying, I'm Sam Macho. I'm so excited to be here. We're part of the family, hey. All right. (laughs) And we're We're talking bears. bears. We're talking bears. I love it. Appreciate you. Well, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for your time. No, thank y'all so much, and uh, thank y'all for bearing with me on two on the time. Like I was on that call, and hoping it would be done earlier, but I appreciate y'all. No, no problem. problem. No problem. No problem.